Good morning and greetings from the land of 11 nations, or as everyone else calls it, Wisconsin. Whatever you did this weekend, the weather was in your favor, just this side of hot without a lot of humidity. From the pictures on Facebook and the texts I was receiving, nobody stayed at home. First off, to everyone who took a little time out of their busy day to listen to the podcast, thanks. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without listeners, well, it's kind of like talking to my dog. Oh sure, he looks like he's listening, but he just wants that bag of chips on my chest. Secondly, to all of you reaching out, I really enjoy that. It's a lot of fun reading text, emails, and posts about the show and how ignorant I am on various subjects, or that what I say has merits. What I really like is that you just don't say you suck. Some of you actually spend the time explaining where I went wrong. Some of what you folks say is enlightening, and I can use that knowledge and info to help ensure the credibility and entertainment of the podcast going forward. So once again, to all of you who listen, and to all of you conversating electronically with me, thank you. If anyone wants to reach me, my email is moneycuckseek at gmail.com. I'm pretty active on the Chipotle Facebook page and only the Chipotle Facebook page on Facebook. Despite what some are alleging, I have enough on my plate. And if I do have info, I'll share it and put my name to it like I always do. My LinkedIn page is active and I try to post a couple times a week. A lot of the LinkedIn posts is where I get a lot of information on indigenous nations doing and creating businesses. I'm doing a little more work on Twitter. For the most part, I'm just being a punk on Twitter, but I'm trying to change my act and start focusing on Ho-Chunk content. Instagram? Not gonna lie. I didn't do squat on Instagram yesterday, and yesterday was a day for Instagram. Shame on me. Reddit? Still, meh. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to try and put these podcasts on YouTube. The podcast will still be available on whatever platform you use to listen to it. It's just that in an attempt to grow the audience, we're going to take it out for a spin on YouTube. Uh, another attempt at General Counsel failed to reach quorum. If we were to count the virtual GC of December 2020 due to the Wuhan virus, the General Counsel attempted in September of last year with the express purpose of removing President White Eagle, then the failed General Counsel in Milwaukee during a snowstorm, and finally, the failed GC of July 30th, 2022. You know, the one held in Madison amidst three powwows on a funeral. We'd be on number four. Well, a lot of people aren't counting the failed general counsel in Black River Falls. Be that as it may, I count it. I was there all darn day. I'm saying we have failed to attain quorum the last four general councils we have attempted. To all the people who have attended the last four, thank you very much. Kudos. I salute you. Politically, we accomplished nothing. I agree. We got to spend some time with some family members we haven't seen in a while, and we got to eat. But I'm going to tell you the bigger failing, and it doesn't have anything to do with those of you in, in attendance, and it's nothing to do with those of you who didn't show up. The biggest failing at these non-events was me. For over 21 months, I've been running my pie hole over the internet on issues that I feel strongly about. Issues that concern the Ho-Chunk Nation and my relationship with it. For four general counsels, I've seen Lance Long, Matthew Mann, and now Bob Funmaker sit in front of that microphone and try to keep folks somewhat interested and entertained until a chairperson is elected. 
It's not an easy gig. I remember back when I was just a wee lad, when various gentlemen just sat up there for a couple hours, introduced various department heads to deliver reports, and then helped run the election for the chairperson. That was it. A couple hours' work. Now it's a marathon gig of tap dancing, storytelling, and endless introductions. What I'm trying to say is that none of us use that time to explain our positions. I'm pretty sure the person sitting at that microphone would welcome us up, going on up there. Sure, sometimes we get up there and complain, but many of us get up and take our resolutions to the microphone and explain our positions. We may never reach quorum, but what other time will you have a captive audience of that size to explain your position without a 15-minute time constraint? I have never ventured up to the microphone to voice my resolutions, my opinions, or offered up a solution. I've gone to at least 11 general councils never once gave my tribal ID at the gathering to speak at the microphone. These last four attempted general councils offered perfect opportunities to speak, basically on any subject. Now, in all honesty, in Milwaukee and Black River Falls, people did grab the microphone, but that was basically advocating for the removal of the president. Nonetheless, you know, people, words were spoken, people spoke. Now, I'm speaking about sharing ideas with moving the nation forward. I think being negative is easy, and I'm not above that. But in the end, I want all of us to succeed. This dead time when we wait for quorum is a perfect time to get up and speak. I'm so mad at myself for being a coward and not voicing any of my opinions. So basically, this goes out to Angie Lysak. And I'm sorry for butchering your name. L-I-A-Z-U-K for posting this idea on the Ho-Chunk General Council uh, branch page on Facebook. Um, thanks for sharing that idea. And hopefully we take it to heart at the next General Council. I know I will. Kudos. I got to the ballpark a little early and was in time to hear Huwakade speak. Now in all honesty, my Ho-Chunk sucks. I never learned it as a child for various reasons, and for 30 years, I've tried to teach myself to speak Ho-Chunk with predict predictable results. But this little invention called the Internet, tied into computers and iPhones, has been a game-changer. I think it was the Wuhan virus that really lit a fire with the language department to go online. I don't know for sure, but I want to say, you know, first language learners, uh, immersion, um, then, you know, those people with the full-time tutors, I think that's the quickest and best way to learn Ho-Chunk. I think our Head Start and school language programs, you know, you couple that with people speaking Ho-Chunk at home. Finally, all the language information, videos, and apps that came out of our uh, language departments, and still does, they do a really, really great job of posting information. Um, and whatever you can grab from the Ho-Chunk Renaissance program in Nebraska. All this information is a great jumping-off point, and with hard work and dedication, who knows, you could learn to speak Ho-Chunk one day. Uh, I'm basically talking to myself here. Now, getting back to Huaja, the, the general counsel, he introduced us to a new app, Ho-Chunk Dictionary, and it's just as cool as it sounds. There are 11,961 Ho-Chunk entries. That's a lot. Uh, 9,195 English reversal entries. 8,969 example sentences. That's a lot of work. Uh, 9,600 inflected forms. Not quite sure what that means. I, I, I'm looking at the app and I still don't know. 
Um, and 27,630 audios. 27,630 audios. And it goes 9.8 seconds and a quarter mile. So this app is moving. There are so many features on this app. It really is incredible. Definition, pronunciation in two voices, how the word is used in a sentence. It reads a sentence in a whole chunk and it has, uh, has it written out with the English translation. On the, on the um, pronunciations, one is female and one is male. It just makes it easier to understand when you have different people. One of the best features, I think, is the comments button. It's almost like Wikipedia. Almost, but not really. If something doesn't work for you, you can type in a comment and the language department will get back to you with whatever you have. You don't recognize the spelling, something's, the definition is wrong, um, anything. You know, just help them, help us, basically, is what that uh, comments button is for. Uh, this is a fantastic research tool for those of us learning Ho-Chunk. And basically, uh, anybody... So kudos to Hoakade and the entire language department. Ho Chunk Language Dictionary. Actually, it's just Ho Chunk Dictionary. Get the app ASAP, if not sooner. Finally, if I was a cynical man, I'd say that the failed general counsel worked out for the president and some of the legislators. Would they have been removed? Eh, who knows. Will the president call for another general counsel? Uh, could. Will the legislature call for another special general counsel? Hmm, they can. Who knows? Election time is right around the corner, isn't it, though? A couple of legislators' time is up along with the president's. Will the legislators run on their record? Will the president run on his? Does it really matter if they have their families backing? Is there anyone new interested in running for office? Will any legislators running to remain in their seats spill the beans on how much we spend on all those lawyers the legislator is working for them? That was quite a list, wasn't it? Will the legislature pass the, o the uh, LOA on business? I haven't heard any of them defend or explain the measure, and the uh, time is almost up. But then, I never heard any of them explain or defend the changes to the gaming ordinance. Whatever happens, we are in for an exciting couple of months. So hang on, put your tray in the upright and chair in the upright position, and hang on because we're going to be in for a bumpy ride. The Wisconsin Winnebago Tribe and the State of Wisconsin Gaming Compact of 1992. This tribal state compact is made and entered into this 11th day of June, 1992, by and between the Wisconsin-Winnebago Tribe, the federally acknowledged Indian tribe acting through the Wisconsin-Winnebago Business Committee, the tribe's governing body, and the state of Wisconsin acting through its governor, the Honorable Tommy G. Thompson. This document was signed by John Mann, Vice Chairman of the Wisconsin-Winnebago Business Committee, and Tommy G. Thompson, Governor of Wisconsin, on July 30th, 1992. I believe that this agreement was second in importance only to the adoption of our Constitution on September 17, 1994. Saturday, the 30th of July, the Ho-Chunk Nation's Gaming Compact with the State of Wisconsin will be 30 years old. To say this was a momentous and auspicious moment for the Ho-Chunk Nation would be an understatement. 
The introduction of gaming gave the Ho-Chunk Nation an economic shot in the arm that was desperately needed. Our elders, in their wisdom, gave us an opportunity from which to build upon. Our elders gave us a platform to build an economic engine that would power our nation forward and take us from living hand-to-mouth in basically wars of the federal government to becoming a regional economic giant. In 1983, the Ho-Chunk Nation opened their first bingo hall in Wisconsin Dells. A year later, we opened our second bingo hall in Black River Falls. Since those early days, we experienced our fair share of trials and tribulations. But through it all, we've kept inching forward, painfully sometimes, but always forward. Now, after those early years, we can look at the legacy and see what it has provided us. Black River Falls, Wisconsin Dells, Nakusa, Madison, Toma, Wittenberg, and finally, hopefully, Beloit. Add in the sea stores, the hotels, the movie theater, and some of the businesses that have survived and some of those that have fallen by the wayside, we have before us quite a checkered financial and business history. Our strength obviously lies with gaming. The profit margin in this sector is crazy, and we've done a good job over the years exploiting this opportunity. And we would have been incompetent fools not to, not to capitalize on this. Through the years, the monies that the Ho-Chunk Nation has received through gaming has allowed us to grow our bureaucracy and, in turn, provide much-needed services to our people. This gaming compact has also allowed us to hire Ho-Chunks in a variety of positions, not just our nation's bureaucracy, but in gaming expansion, our infrastructure, and social services. While all of this is to be lauded, it is sad when you think of all the opportunities and monies we have missed and left on the table. Through ignorance and insecurities, we've wasted so much of our talent and chased away so much of it, chased away so much of our youth. By going for the quick and easy dollar, much of our leadership has left us economically floundering. Are we in dire straits? No. Could we be in a better place? Absolutely. The document I am celebrating today, the Gaming Compact of 92, negotiated another off-site casino for our people. Now, through diligence and hard work and through numerous administrations, the opportunity to build a casino in Beloit is within our grasp. We have survived all of our bad decisions, all the economic downturns, and even a worldwide pandemic. And here we are today on the precipice of another great opportunity. I speak of 12 clans in Beloit. I'll say it again, 12 clans in Beloit. Unfortunately for us, as of late, we find ourselves unable to secure funding to act on this opportunity. We've gone hat in hand to other indigenous nations seeking help. We've had to take a good hard look at some of our previous financial decisions that have come back to haunt us. And today, the price of money is rising along with everything else. And on top of that, we have our Office of the Office of the Presidency and our legislature dis- disagreeing on whose responsibility it is to design, build, and how to pay for the Beloit facility. And here's where it gets a little fuzzy, too. A safe pa- fallback position for blame is the Wuhan virus. It hurt us like nobody's business. It hurt us a great deal more than any other indigenous nation because we are not diversified. All of our financial eggs are in one basket. Gaming. Now this lack of diversification was self-inflicted though. We have known since we began exploiting gaming that we need to diversify our income stream. 
We've made some attempts, but we've lacked professional managers and knowledgeable personnel to see these ventures through. This project wasn't properly funded. That project wasn't set up correctly. We opened this venture at the wrong time. Whatever the reason, some of our ventures failed. Now, four things we did reasonably well were gaming, hotels, sea stores, and our movie theater. Now, all four of these enterprises have two things in common. All four rely on discretionary income and our customers basically coming up to us. We're not going out to get them. They're just coming to, coming to us. Well, what about our sea stores, you ask? Well, customers have to come there for smokes and fuel. But I was under the impression that we are having staffing issues and a large portion of our profits are reliant on tobacco rebates from the state. What about our movie theater in Toma? Well, that thing is still closed, unfortunately. Look, I'm not dumping on our business failures and our inability to exploit some of our opportunities. As a rule, we do not support entrepreneurs and business opportunities. I think we're afraid of, as a nation, of getting taken advantage of. We do not understand a lot in a business sense. I also think a lot of it is with our own insecurity. If we look around, we see a lot of Ho-Chungs who want elsewhere to be successful. One huge reason for this is those opportunities don't exist here. Now it's simple. We either bring those opportunities here, or we continue to see our best and brightest look for opportunities elsewhere. I know this isn't fair to the people who stay and work for the nation. We have a brilliant, we have brilliant educated people who have a calling to help their people, or it could be simpler for them to stay in the area because of family ties and responsibilities. It's simply a different mindset, though. There are easily over one million people who work for federal, state, county, and local governments, and a lot of these people work for the government because there is a secure pay, payout when they retire. I'm not sure if the Ho Chunk Nation promises the same payout. Another reason is security of employment that engenders people to work in government. Now, if we have private companies in a 14-county area, would our people continue to work for the nation? Don't know. I'd sure like to find out, though. The reason for the nation signing the GOM Pact was to help the Ho-Chunk Nation secure itself financially. But nowhere does it say that we cannot continue to grow economically, as some of our neighboring nations have done. Nowhere does that compact say that the Ho-Chunk people should give up on other business opportunities? Nowhere does it say that we should stay safe and boring financially? We've been playing it safe and boring, and look at us, fighting over scraps when the world is our oyster. The opportunity to exploit our region financially is available to us if we take advantage of the tools we possess. Chapter 16 and 17 Corporation are those tools along with an educated and hungry young Ho-Chunks. Department of Personnel working in collaboration with the Ho-Chunk Legislature made Ho-Chunk preference to include a child of enrolled Ho-Chunk Wazijia parents, a minor but positive shift if we are looking to keep these young people at home. If we look around Indian country, we see the successes of these Chapter 16 and 17 corporations. Here at the Chipotle, we've been heralding the wonderful business, businesses and opportunities these corporations have created for their people. From the Milaks, the Pokagans, Shakopee, Gun Lake Nations, and Ho-Chunk Inc., just to name a few. We've watched these nations create business corporations and take business chances and build a small but growing reputation as indigenous nations that are getting things done financially. These corporations work because they are business entities devoted to making a profit. 
They are not a job development department. You get employed at these businesses because you are qualified, and you advance because of your skill and the dedication and quality of your work. Employees at these businesses must produce because the survival of the business depends on its employees. I like to offer up an analogy, but let me preface this by saying that this is only an analogy. In no way, shape, or form is this a slight to any member of our language department. We have a brilliant language department with hard-working, skilled individuals who are doing yeoman's work in teaching everyone eager to speak our language an opportunity to do so. The way we've been conducting our economic diversification plan would like would be like the Ho-Chunk Nation hiring people with zero Ho-Chunk language skills to teach the nation how to speak and write the Ho-Chunk language. No matter how diligent and how well-meaning and hard-working the staff is, you do not have the knowledge and or skill set to teach the language, and all your efforts will end up in dismal failure. Now we can continue on the road we've traveled these 30 years and never succeed financially, or we can take the opportunity to afford us by 12 clans and blaze a different trail, a trail that has been traveled by numerous other nations and successfully. If you look to the south of us, you see major corporations creating more and more gaming venues. If these are successful and money's pour into the state of Illinois coffers, might Wisconsin look at this and wonder about their coffers as well? We have compacts. They can't change anything. Maybe yes, maybe no. I'm not a lawyer. I don't have a crystal ball. But I do remember that in 1848, the state of Wisconsin had a lad- had a no lottery ever in their constitution. Things change. I remember this thing called the Wuhan virus, how it decimated our economy. We had zero industries deemed essential by the state and federal governments. I remember only a few people getting paid their salaries while the rest of us got bubkis. I know that we are in the midst of a recession. You scoff. The Biden administration says we are not in a recession because one of the, uh, because one of the indicators of a recession is weak unemployment. And the unemployment numbers are great. Okay, I don't want to argue that point. I simply want to point out the alarming numbers of layoffs that have been occurring lately and threatening to get larger. Unemployment, inflation, and recession could hurt the gaming industry. As I said earlier, a large portion of our money comes from discretionary income. If times get tough, I know the office of the president, the legislature, and Quarles and Brady will get paid. What about the rest of us? All I'm trying to say is, intellectually, we know we have to diversify our income. Intellectually, we know that our presidents, our legislatures, along with Quarles and Brady, they have not moved us toward that diversification in 30 years. Now is the time to move. 12 Clans has a great board right now and a great plan. Look into it. Read it. Listen to them. Tell our president, our legislature, and Quarles and Brady, if they'll listen, that our nation deserves a chance a chance to be great financially. I know, I know, I know. Twelve clans took our money and in the end only paid their board members a healthy fee. And we got nada, zilch, bupkis, nothing. And you'd be actually correct in your assessment. And I couldn't agree more. And our first bat with the Chapter 17 Corporation was a traumatic event. It definitely scarred us. It wasn't devastating, though. To be honest, and to continue with the baseball metaphor... We took that first pitch right square in the back, and the umpire had the gall to call it a strike. However, we still have our money, and we are still at bat. 
For over 30 years, we've been doing things the same old way. And look at us, fighting for our 12000 a year per cap and our $150 payout at General Counsel. It doesn't have to be this way, and it shouldn't be. We took a giant leap with our Section 17 corporation, 12 clans, and it didn't pan out. We are not going to hit a home run our first time up at the plate. We have to learn the business. For 30 years, our whole Chunk Nation leadership has been trying to learn the business and lead us, but without the knowledge, training, and skill sets. Now we have people in place with knowledge, skill sets, and a verifiable track record. If we are willing to let the Office of the President, our legislature, and Quarles and Bredas lead us around fruitlessly for 30 years in our attempts to diversify our economy, we can give this new leadership team at 12 clans an opportunity. Of course, all this talk of economic diversification dies a quick death if the legislature passes their new LOA, the one where all economic plans, hopes, and dreams passes through the legislature. Yeah, let's codify in the law the plans that we've been following for the last 30 years. Yeah, you know, the plans where economic diversification has been more bound and wandering aimlessly for so long. Instead of looking at our neighbors and questioning how they've gotten where they are and questioning how they plan to get to the next level, nope, we'll wallow around blissfully in our mediocrity. For our Ho-Chunk men, women, and children to reap the financial rewards that our elders meant for us to have, tell our elected officials we want our children to succeed at home with good-paying, challenging, and rewarding careers here in our 14 counties. Let's explore all the opportunities that avail themselves to this great nation. Our compact gaming compact is 30 years old today. It was meant to help the whole chunk nation get a leg up. It wasn't meant to be a finish line. On the Ho Chunk Nation General Council branch Facebook page, a poster said, "Some of us work. I generate way more than $150 per shift. Maybe a virtual option is needed or a mail-in." To which I replied, I think that's a good idea. The flying ointment is we have to have a general counsel so we can pass that into law. Then, Rosella DeCora Stanley posted, The people can request a secretarial election. Section 2, request for a secretarial election. It shall be the duty of the Secretary of the Interior, Interior to call and hold an election on any proposed amendments to this Constitution at the request of two-thirds of the entire legislature, at the request of the General Counsel, or upon presentation of a petition signed by 30% of the eligible voters of the Ho-Chunk Nation. Now, I don't know the total number of eligible, eligible voters, but just by going with the enrollment numbers of the report handed out at General Counsel, we have 7,748 enrolled Ho-Chunks. 30% of that is 2324. That would be our get if we wanted to call for a secretarial election. That's a huge ask for organizers, but not insurmountable. What would be a whole lot easier is if our elected officials working for the people instead of the legislature and doing the job we ask. But if we can't get a general counsel and our legislature refuses to implement our resolutions, and our court refuses to hear any cases against the legislatures because they will not grant standing. So be it. Game on. <laughs>